Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, November first episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to poetsandmuses.com as well as our SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. With me today is Miss J, with whom I will be discussing her poem "Alternative" and my holiday poems "Lighting the Way," "Solstices." And seven days for the future. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of November second. On Monday, November second, from 8 p.m. Central Time, Frizzy Productions will be hosting his Poets Playground Open Mic via Instagram Live at poets underscore playground underscore. On Tuesday, November third, from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Urban Word NYC will be hosting their first draft open mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. This is a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org/first-draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org/first-draft. From 5 to 5:30 p.m. Arizona time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting their Speak Poet via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. Again, that's at Arizona Masters of Poetry. On Wednesday, November 4th, from 8 p.m. Beirut time, Sidewalk Beirut will be collaborating with the Oxford Arab Society for their online open mic. You can find out more information and register at Sidewalk underscore Beirut. Again, that's Sidewalk underscore Beirut via Instagram. From 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Nuijinan TV will be hosting their Nuijinan Scott Talent, which showcases Indigenous youths between 13 and 25. You can find out more information and RSVP at Nuijinan TV on Instagram. That's at N W E J I N A N T V. Again, that's N W E J I N A N T V. From 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a poet named Superman will be hosting his release therapy open mic via Instagram Live at a poet named Superman. Again, that's at a poet named Superman. On Thursday, November 5th. From 7 to 8 p.m. Arizona time, Phonetic Spit will be hosting their weekly open mic via Instagram Live at Phonetic Spit. That's P H O N E T I C S P I T. Again, that's P H O N E T I C S P I T. From Friday, November 6th until Saturday, November 7th, the Festival of Words Louisiana will be taking place, and you can find out more information about their events at festivalofwords.org/schedule.html. Again, that's festivalofwords.org/schedule.html. For instance, from 6:30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the same day. 
They will be hosting a reading with Robin Ha, Erica Meitner, and John Warner Smith. And again, you can find out more information and register for that at festivalofwords.org forward slash schedule.html. From 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Marquise 10,000 Burton will be hosting his live poetry freestyling via Instagram Live at 10,000 Poetry. Again, that's 10,000 Poetry with 10,000 spelled out. On Saturday, November 7th, from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Cave Canem Poets and Bowery Poetry will be hosting their first books, a chat between Jessica Lanay and Banu Kapil. You can find out more information and register at kavekhanampoets.org forward slash calendar. Again, that's kavekhanampoets.org forward slash calendar. Kavekhanam is spelled C-A-V-E-C-A-N-E-M. From 5 to 5.30 p.m. Arizona time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting their Speak Poets Saturday via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. On Sunday, November 8th, from 9 to 11 p.m. Morocco time, Moroccan poets will be hosting their open mic via Instagram Live at Moroccan Poets. Again, that's at Moroccan Poets. And now let us welcome our poet guest of the week, Miss J. Ms. Jay, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into poetry, please? Well, um, right now I am a teacher, and so I teach high school, I teach English, and since I was a kid I've kind of always been a writer. So I would write short stories kind of as a kid, um, share them with my dad, and um, write a bunch of little corny things, you know. And as an adult, I started journaling and those later turned into poems and I actually um, never really thought of myself as a poet um, up until I started going to a poetry workshop which I know you're a bit familiar with as well on Tuesdays and realized that what I was writing actually was poetry and could be turned into poems so um, just kind of joining that group and um, getting my message out and kind of practicing that craft really got me into writing a lot more so um, yeah Great. Do you have any um, favorite poetry workshops that you you have mentioned one, but any particular ones you would recommend to our, our listeners? Yeah, so um, on Tuesdays, I actually go to a poetry workshop in Chandler at the Chandler Library. It's called... Um, Connect and Heal. So it's through a nonprofit organization where they use like um, inspiration through um, different things you might be struggling with, you know, just kind of getting everyone together to share poetry and kind of overcome things in our lives. So that's kind of one that I go to um, most of the time, actually. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's every Tuesday, what time? It's every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, they meet in the community center near the Chandler Library and sometimes in the library. But if you join them on um, Meetup, they kind of schedule it out every Tuesday from 6 to 8. Okay, cool. Thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. Would you like to read the poem you brought today? Oh, absolutely. So this one's titled Alternative. They labeled us alternative because our students come from diverse backgrounds. They told it and they thought it and they spoke it and they yelled it, not until they were blue in the face, but until each of our students for themselves believed it. They labeled us alternative because our students come from diverse backgrounds. 
of separated families, of homelessness and loss. Our students have had to live without, in poor communities, in the slums of the bottom 5%. They know what it's like to be judged and labeled for their mistakes, their coping mechanisms, their ability to speak the English language or adapt to public education or check the correct boxes on standardized tests. Our students know failure, they know hunger, and they know a sea of upturned faces from superiors and faculty and adults and parents even who have given up on them. So when I stand in front of students who have been labeled alternative, trying desperately to climb themselves out of the pits of the bottom 5%, when I tell them that I believe in their future in spite of their circumstances, they roll their eyes, they scoff, they doubt my motives, but my zeal for their success will never outshine their ability to progress, and I will tell it and think it and speak it and breathe it, not until I am blue in the face, but until each one for themselves believes it. Wow. That's a really powerful poem. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Do you want to share with us how um, this poem came about? Yeah, so I was... Actually, I wrote the rough draft of this poem during a poetry workshop. Um, we were given a prompt to, um, it's called Steal That Line, and we were reading a Bob, Deal, a Bob Dylan song, um, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, and it's like rumored in that song, each line of that poem can be its own song because it's just such powerful lines, and so I took the line, and I will tell it and think it and speak it and breathe it. I, that line just really came out to me and it started getting me thinking kind of just about um, things that I'm really passionate about and like what inspires me. So um, the beginning of that poem actually started just from that line and I altered it a little bit um, and I used it a couple of times in the poem. So that's kind of where initially the idea came from. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way sometimes, you know, if I see a line that's really powerful then I can, you know, write a poem based on that. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, and so what is the inspiration behind your poem? I mean, this is, I can, I can hear some of it about your teaching and students, but can you tell us uh, more? Yeah, so um, a lot of my inspiration comes from being a teacher, and I work at an alternative school, um, a charter school, and a lot of our children come from just really tough backgrounds, and um, we have like about a 40% rate of our students who are actually homeless, mm -hmm. and so I was just inspired to write this because I feel like those students, oftentimes they're judged and they're labeled because of the background that they come from and you know they don't even choose this background and it just affects their education and like their sense of self-worth and so that's kind of where that inspiration came from like just trying to give power back to those students who feel that because of their circumstances they can't be successful and i see in in some of your lines such as um but my zeal for the success will never outshine their ability to progress, and I will tell it and think it and speak it and breathe it. I see in those lines how passionate you are um, in what you do. And um, tell me what brings that passion about. And mm, that's kind of hard to answer, but, you know, just working with these kids and kind of seeing them struggle and um, just kind of seeing all the things that are stacked up against them. And if they don't have that person in their life 
kind of rooting for them. I see a lot of kids kind of fall off and, you know, succumb to failure because of their background. But um, so my zeal, what I'm talking about there is just being a teacher and kind of sharing that passion with them. Typically, you know, if they have someone like that in their lives, they are able to overcome whatever it is that they're you know, dealing with. So, right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you share with your students um, your writing? I actually don't, um, and I'm not sure why I've been asked that question before. I have okay. not um, shared my poetry with them. Um, never really had the opportunity, um, but it might be interesting maybe just to kind of share it. But I wouldn't want to make them feel as if this poem labeled them in any way, right. you know, or like, you know, it was directed toward them, so they feel right. bad. So I don't know. Um, but it might be interesting maybe with certain groups of people who are interested in poetry to kind of share it. I think that could kind of be beneficial. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as I, I mentioned before, the aim of our show, some of it is um, to get young people to be interested in writing poetry mm -hmm. as another form of self-expression right. and to see also what's behind the writing process and what are the inspirations mm -hmm. and that it comes from all kinds of places. In your case, it's your work. Yeah. And so um, turning from that, um, I'm going to read uh, something very different, which are some holiday poems that's inspired uh, by a prompt um, for open mic and it also because season. of the yeah. holiday season. Uh -huh. Exactly. Okay. These are three short poems about the holidays um, and read in the order in which the holidays are taking place this year. <clears throat> the first one is called Lighting the Way. I light a candle to abdicate the night, another to brighten the wandering years, a third to celebrate families that remain, a fourth to commemorate those we lost, fifth with friends old, new, far and near, sixth to cheer my soul's continual growth, Seven, to respect our respective faiths. Eighth, on building peace within and out. Ninth, for our creation of better days. The second poem is called Solstice. I want to scroll away under the canopy of an evergreen and let the soft landing of thick snowflakes in a downy congregation lull me to sleep. The afterstorm warmth will comfort a hibernation long awaited after an autumn of fruitful gathering. Borealises will color my dreams while meteors will shower the nights that remain. Shall I stumble half awake toward a snack? Carolers will offer reminders of pagan feasts, bringing cheers on the longest night to welcome stretching sunny days. The third poem is called Seven Days for the Future. A word a day for a week in preparation for the new year. They are the principles that sow deep roots in cultures spreading long shoots. Humoja we knit to hold strength and unity. Kunji Chaguya wills us to self-determine a future. Toward which with Njima we collectively work Knowing cooperative economics, Njama, create wealth. Because Nia is the purpose we want to reach, while Kumba and Mani labor with creativity and faith. Wow. I really appreciate just like 
your word choice when you write poems. Like, Thank you. It's like you take a lot of time to really select like the perfect words to kind of express what you're trying to say. Thank I you. really do enjoy that. Um, I'm just curious, for your first poem, Lighting the Way, um, what's the significance of the nine lights? Is there any significance there? Yes, this um, poem is inspired by the Jewish holiday, Hanukkah, also known as the Festival of Lights. And the nine lights or candles are uh, symbolize um, the candelabrum that's called a menorah, the middle of which called shamash, which is used to light all the rest of the candles. And traditionally, the menorah has four branches on either side. So, um, and the middle candle is, as I said before, used to light each of the candles uh, every day for eight days. Yeah, and you add your own meaning to it? Is that kind of what it um, is? Because I like how you kind of added your own meaning for each of the candles. Yeah, I didn't want the poem to be strictly about the legend based on which the holiday was born, which was the rededication of the Second Temple of Jerusalem, um, during which they thought they only had enough oil for uh, to light one night of celebration, but that lasted um, a night. Because I don't, I don't always write autobiographical poems anymore. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I put myself in the character within the poem. Mm -hmm. um, so I basically thought, if I was doing this, what would lighting these candles? What would they mean to me? Yeah, and that comes across really well in that poem. Um, do you want to talk also about your um, inspiration for the Solstice poem? Sure. The Solstice poem is uh, most directly related to Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, but I also wanted to talk about its pagan past mm -hmm. and how we celebrate it with the tree and everything. It's, it's much, about, um, much more about the pagan history and what Christmas still retains from that ancient history. Yeah. And similar in some ways to Lighting the Way, the Hanukkah poem is also mm -hmm. about some modern history about what's going on um, in modern culture. Because yeah. um, I know they do take a lot of the pagan kind of rituals and kind of bring them into Christmas. And I even heard that that was kind of a way to bring them all together so that people of pagan belief and people of Catholic belief could all kind of get together and celebrate, you know, the same holiday. So I found that interesting. Right, right. Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, and that has happened throughout human history when one religion sort of supplants another religion of the native people of the land. <clears throat> Sometimes to make it go down easier, I suppose, I guess, yeah. <laughs> is to incorporate the old practices with the new beliefs mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, we would, uh, people would still be able to keep part of what they've already celebrated year after year yeah. and add this new element to it. Yeah, right. Um, so talking about different cultures in your third poem, um, Seven Days for the Future, um, what kind of cultures were you bringing up there? Because I was unfamiliar with a few of them. This one was written for Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. <laughs> and all the words are, uh, I believe they're Swahili words, 
and I don't know how to pronounce them. If any of the listeners know, please come and correct me. Um, those words are the seven principles based on which the holiday is formed and holiday is celebrated each day with those words. And so I wanted to talk about those principles and put both the original words um, in the original language and the English translation within each line. Oh, yeah. So... So you kind of have both of those there, so it's understanding. Yeah. I do appreciate that you're kind of not, around the holiday season, just focusing on Christmas, which a lot of people tend to do, and kind of helping us realize that there's a lot of different cultures and celebrations that we can appreciate for different reasons. So Exactly. I do like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's part of why, I mean, I love um, our culture, American culture, the way it is, is that we are one of the most privileged people in the sense that we don't have to leave the country to experience other cultures. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. we have that living within us, and that's such a strength, and, and I wanted to celebrate that. Yeah. So around this time of the year, what do you typically do? Do you celebrate or do you... Uh... Um, me, myself, I actually don't celebrate any holidays, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I do love the lights, and I do love um, the family atmosphere of it. I love the um, spirit of the holidays yeah. because, um, you know, the holidays, those lights, they do what they are intending to do, which is to make you forget that we are going through part of the darkest uh, days of the, or longest nights of the year. Yeah. So those lights do have a cheering effect and it does affect me from a very, you know, physiological yeah. Uh, aspect and and I love that and I do tend to love Christmas music which is played all the time <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yes uh, you can't for a lot of people I know they kind of get sick of it after a while I, I tend to ironically in July I think of Christmas music uh, <laughs> the opposite completely <laughs> just like turn it off but. right, right. Yeah. and you know it brings a lot of uh, interesting memories and there's a lot of you know um, classical movies associated with that. So these are my associated yeah. memories with it. So I think I, I'm lucky in that way. Um, even though I don't celebrate, I still get to enjoy this aspect of it. Yeah. So, oh. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and exchanging poems with me and talking about exchanging our inspirations. I, I really appreciate your time. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. As you heard, Miss J has wonderful, passionate poems about her work in teaching about her students. So I hope you will follow her. And where shall we follow you? Is you know, I don't have a specific um, poetry page. Yet. Okay. So I think in the future, when Miss J let me know her, um, you know, her URLs, we will put it on the pages and yes. links so that you can find her and read more of her work, which mm -hmm. is really wonderful. Thank you again for your time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, too. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. And that brings us to the end of the very first episode of Poets and Muses. As always, you can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to poetsandmuses.com, as well as on our SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.